if you do have the right answer and it's communicated correctly, meaning there's good structured data and it's organized in a way that's easy for Google to understand. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 99. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. This sounds a bit far-fetched. What does? But I've worked out how Google works. Oh, I've got, I can't wait to hear this. Yes. We're all going to be on the top of Google in that number one slot. We're all going to be rich. Is Google the name of like a new bus you've bought or something? <laughs> is that, is that the see, scam? You see, the problem with SEO is that everybody's competing for that top spot. And we know that's not the easiest thing in the world, no. is it? But actually there is an interesting thing I discovered today where like this thing burst in my brain. I realized this is really powerful. A really cool way to get to the top of Google. Huh. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. You'll notice this is the second week in, the row, in a row that we've been talking about search engine optimization, about SEO. We are mm. talking about that today. We're talking about a really amazing feature specifically of what Google are doing these days, which gives us businesses an amazing opportunity. So we're going to be talking about that in this episode. So Mr. Jeff Atkinson. Mr. Jeff Atkinson is going to be here telling us all about how we do it, what it's going to do and what it really means for us in terms of getting more authority and actually borrowing a bit of authority from Google themselves. But before we get into any of that, let's go over into Rob's all-important quote of the week. Yes, because twinkling stars bring beefcakes home. Flipping out. That was some work you did over the weekend there, wasn't it? Yeah, lots of thinking on that Lots of Lots and lots of thinking. Very nice. By the way, if you would like to beef up, see what I did there? (laughs) Your email marketing. Make sure you do go check out the email marketing show, our other the podcast. Email. Uh, oh yes, well you're doing a little preview of the uh, there's a theme tune there. It has it does have the craziest theme tune you've ever heard in your life, and uh, you're welcome for that by the way. You'll find that by going to blog.responsesweek.com/show, or you can find it and check it out on any of your favorite podcast players wherever you're listening to this right now. The email marketing show. Anyway, it's time to speak to Jeff Atkinson. <laughs> Jeff, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you, mate? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have you here. So, Rob, you've got a big question for Jeff. I have, yeah. I've noticed recently when I've been searching for things on Google that I've started to notice this bit that sort of hijacks the top of the results page. It's like above the paid ads and all of that stuff. And it's like a summary from another web page. And I've always thought, hmm, I'd love to be that bit of content because I bet that gets loads of eyeballs. I'm going to be honest. I thought that was Google writing that stuff for ages. Right. Yes. And it's really easy to think that, isn't it? Mm, yeah. yeah. So what is that and how does it work? Yeah. So that box is called a rich card or a rich enhancement. And it is... You're rich. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's leveraging... Yes! Yeah. It's leveraging uh, basically structured data, which is something that, that websites contain. And instead of the search engine just giving you 10 blue links, they're actually now pulling in content, pulling in this information um, that's provided via this language so that users don't have to click through. So they can see the movie time, they can see the recipe, whatever it is that they're looking for. Light times um, I've seen in there as well. But here's a question for you, Jeff, on this. Are they, have they cut down at the moment? I mean, this is changing all the time. So, you know, by the time this goes out, even if it goes out tomorrow, like this could have changed. So bear in mind, you know, due diligence is required here and common sense. But are they actually in, they're now taking up more real estate at the very top with this piece of this rich card thing. And then it's the, then it's, then it's the ad sometimes. Are there, now the organic results, have they chopped off? Are there now less than 10 organic results at the bottom of that? Or is it still 10? They'll usually have 10. Um, but 
you're right. The the main sort of featured rich card at the top of the page will take, you know, the majority of the eyeballs and the majority of the clicks. Right. And it still is a, an organic result. It's just now displayed in a sort of an enhanced way. But yeah, they're becoming very important and they're even more important important for voice search. So if you think about voice search, when someone makes a voice search, you don't get 10 blue links back. You just get them reading back that rich card. So that's all that voice search is really doing is just reading back to you what they would normally be displaying in that rich card. And this is all part of Google's ongoing effort to make sure that they give the right answer to the question that you're asking. You ask for a thing and it gives you the answer, even if that means, and, and if that means it can give you the answer rather than referring you on to somebody else, that's even better. So how, just to sort of set some expectations here for a business like us um, and you know, how realistic is it that we're going to be able to get that spot? Is that something that unless you're Microsoft or British Airways or, you know, unless you're the, the industry leader, you're not going to be able to get that space? Or is there some sort of methodology here that's going to allow us all to find a bit of that real estate for the right kind of search terms? Yeah, it's really open to all. And what the nice thing is, is that not everybody's using structured data today. And so if you do have the right answer and it's, and it's, communicated correctly, meaning there's good structured data and it's organized in a way that's easy for Google to understand, really anybody can capture that spot. I mean, you do need to have a certain amount of domain authority, but it does not really need to be all that significant. Uh, you just have to have the right answer and the page structured correctly and, and communicate it correctly. Hmm. So this seems like it could be, I don't like to use this word because it sounds a bit hypey, but like a bit of a hack to get to the top of Google for something where otherwise it might be quite difficult to maybe get the first search result. You might be able to get up to the top of this thing. So this could be really interesting. It could be. And I think what's interesting for me to now think about is we're going to go back into that classic SEO discussion of the long tail keyword now, aren't we? The long-term phrase. Because if you try and get up there for those longer tail phrases, you've probably got a pretty good shot at it right now, right? Yeah, I always encourage uh, our customers and anybody that's doing SEO to sort of focus on the, what we call mid to tail keywords, M multiple reasons. One, it's easier to rank for them. Yeah. But two, they're very specific queries. You know, they're getting three, four, five words and the user really knows what they want. They're not just searching for, you know, marketing blog. They're searching for something very specific that your marketing blog might rank for. And that's the more specific someone's being, the more likely they are to convert into a customer. That's very interesting. So, so if, we're gonna, yeah, if we're going to do this, what's mm. the first step? Uh, is, it, is it trying to work out what, the, what, the, what your keyword is, what you want people to be searching for that you're going to give them the answer to, or is there something to do before that? Rob, did you just ask, how do you do SEO? Basically. <laughs> yeah, for this particular bit of SEO, is the first step literally just to work out what, you wanna, what, you, what answer you want to give and then work out what the question is? How does that work? So the first step is really a technical step. So adding structured data throughout your website is an important, you know, without that, it's really hard to capture these spots. Mm -hmm. So that's a technical piece. But then more, you know, I think any good SEO strategy starts with really good keyword research. Not only do you find sort of those golden keywords that are, you know, high volume, but low competition, but you actually learn a lot about your business and what people call things and what they, uh, what their, where the demand is, you know? So we actually see customers will kind of slightly change their business model or what they call things because they find what people are actually searching for. And you can just learn a ton about, you know, what the demand is out there rather than coming up with a product and trying to force it into the market. Look for what people are searching for and might not have a lot of competition. If you provide that product, it's much, much easier to get it 
successful in the marketplace than if you're trying to force it down people's throats. And what are your favorite tools to do to look at, to, to actually use to, in order to, to discover that, that search volume and that competition? There's so many of them and there feels like there's a new one being released every other day. What for yeah. you as an expert and for people who want to do this, you know, our listeners and our customers, what should we be looking at doing? And what should we be looking at using? Yeah. So the very first step that in terms of keyword research is using uh, Google's paid ad planner, which is called Google Keyword Planner. And the reason that one's so great is that they just, it strictly goes off of Google's own data, which obviously has the most volume of any search tool out there. So you're going to get suggestions and more accurate volume numbers than you're going to get from anywhere else. Then on the sort of SEO side, in terms of how difficult is it to rank for a keyword, they're all kind of the same. Um, the two that we use are Moz and a, and a tool called Arefs. Um, Arefs is what we use primarily. So it's kind of a combination. We, we build the list using Keyword Planner and then we figure out the competitive scores using Arefs. Okay, that's interesting. All right. So we're about to get a bit technical here. So we're going to try and keep it not too technical. Otherwise, my brain's going to melt out of my ears. So we've got our WordPress website blog or whatever, or we've built it, or we built our website on, on, a, on a builder or something like that. In order to do this structured data thing, how does that even look in terms of technically what's actually involved? Is it really complex? Well, it can be really easy. Um, the easiest way is just to buy Huckabye. <laughs> we just turn it on for you, but that's a shameless plug. Um, there's like a lot of ways to do it. <laughs> so that's the, probably the easiest way. Uh, but there are some plugins, you know, especially on WordPress, some plugins are starting to bubble up that are, that are pretty good, that can get you pretty far down the path. Yeah. Um, but it, it is somewhat of a technical thing. I, I'm not going to come on here and just say, oh yeah, anybody can do it. It's super easy. Um, you do have to sort of dig around and find the right tool and the right product for your site and then, you know, put in the effort to get it right. Um, but once you do that, most of these, are, you know, a good chunk of these technologies are automated. So as the site gets better and improves, uh, the structured data should flow right along with it. Um, but it's it's becoming more commonplace. So as you have, you know, developers, web developers or whoever's maintaining these sites, they should they should know and be aware about structured data and and at least get you started in the path of, of turning it on. That makes sense. Would you say, because to me, it almost feels like it's this new, this new rich content, this new, this new content model is a little bit like a modern equivalent slash replacement for the meta description. Like, exactly. I mean, exactly. is it that or is it, have I, have I lost the plot? No, you're right on. So the difference between metadata, so metadata is stuff like title tags, yeah. image, you know, image, image alt tags, um, and metadata. Place is, we used to we used to do like what's the keywords and what's the uh, what was it back in the day? You know, back in the glory meta days, it was meta description, meta tags, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, there was H ones and H twos. I mean, they still exist. Um, they're somewhat relevant. They're left less relevant than they used to be. Google used to have to be really reliant on those that metadata to try to figure out what a page is about. And they still are a little bit. But the difference really is metadata is suggestive. So you're sort of suggesting what a page could be about. It's not always accurate. So structured data is authoritative. So it has to be accurate. It has to be correct. If you say this is a person and they were born, you know, whenever they need to have been born wherever. So the 
authoritativeness of structured data is a lot stronger than metadata. And it, the reason that it has to be authoritative and correct is that Google ends up using it. They actually pull it in and use it on their search results. So, um, you know, if you tell them that the sports scores five to two and it's six to two, you know, you get a slap on the wrist because they right. care that it's very accurate and correct. So it's not really like Wikipedia where you can, a lot of Wikipedia is very accurate because all that user-generated user thing, but it can be inaccurate. I mean, we've definitely seen incidences of misquotes and wrong information coming out of people referencing Wikipedia. So we're talking about this is Google putting their reputation to deliver the answers to the internet's questions, which is their mission. They're really putting their neck on the line with bringing this through. So how do they go about checking it? And how do we make sure that we're their friend? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first step is just to make sure that your information is accurate and is, you know, as accurate as you could possibly make it. Um, the way that Google checks it, they have something that's sort of new. It's been getting more and more um, relevant in their algorithm. It's called their knowledge graph. And Google's knowledge graph is essentially like a network of, of connections. So um, they'll know, uh, it's a way for them to sort of verify uh, information that, that to be correct. So they have this information in other, in other sources. Um, whether you know, say it's a product and they have that product listed somewhere else, they can check to make sure the dimensions and the images and all that match up. Um, so yeah, it's really that it that they have this knowledge graph which allows them to to sort of navigate and figure out if someone's trying to trick them or not. So and it's then, like you know, if you're showing like the sporting scores and you'll bang it up there, it goes and checks a couple of other sporting websites to go, is this all good? Did, did the Yankees really do that? Okay, good, that's fine. Then we can show that it, it was seventy-two nil or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. They're just looking at different, different spots. Uh, they already know, so they don't actually actively go out and look, they'll actually cross reference and already have this information somewhere. Right. And then when they see it multiple times, they know that it's accurate. So that's a lot like local results. Once they see a local business listed in multiple sources and that the, the address and the hours and all that stuff are accurate, then they can, you know, show it as a result. Yeah. Yeah. So if we head out there and we do this keyword research and we work out the long tail keyword or the mid tail keyword that we want to rank for, and this is good. And then we go to Google, presumably, I'm just guessing, presumably it's worth checking to make sure somebody hasn't already got that, that uh, rich card already. Because if they haven't got it, you're not replacing anybody. You're just trying to be the one, right? So now you're going to go ahead and start doing that. Is it best to take a piece of content that's been on the internet for a while? It's already going, like, let's say you've got a blog post and you wrote it six months ago or a year ago and it's good and you've updated it and it's in its own right. It's quite, you know, SEO prepared. If, is it best to take that and try and, you know, make sure it's got the answer in it and use that? Or is this something we're now going to have to, and, you know, by doing the, tech, um, the structured data bit, or is this something where actually you're best to say, okay, great, I'm going to start from scratch and I'm going to write this whole blog post, for example, with the idea of structured data and getting that rich card spot in mind? Either way, um, usually it's better to, to use an established piece of content, especially if Google likes that content and it's gotten links, for example, like if you had a really successful blog post, most likely people are linking to it. And once you get those links, then Google starts caring about the page a lot more. So if you then added structured data versus just taking a page and starting from scratch, mm -hmm. you're going to have a better chance with the existing page to add the structured data and answer the question that's being asked. 
Right. Um, so that's, that's really probably the best practice. And how does the competitiveness of this actually work? So let's say, imagine we want to try and compete for another, for, for that spot. So uh, again, somebody else who's already taken that position. How does the algorithm, do we even know, has Google even made the decision yet as to how they're going to choose whose answer comes up in the, in the surplus? So it's sort of similar to how they do it today with the core algorithm. Um, however, they're looking for this structured data. So the structured data does give you some, I guess, some uh, bonus points that they're going to be able to receive the information in the format that they want to receive it in. And so if the structured data is there and you're relatively competitive versus the other sites, you'll probably get that rich card. It's a bit unpredictable. Um, you can never like guarantee someone that if they write content and add the structured data, that they're going to get the spot. But if you do the best practices and you have really good structured data, you're going to get some of them. You're going to get some, you know, some increases in, in views and in clicks because you're starting to capture these spots. Mm, mm. So it's fair. But in terms of like the, they still look at domain authority. They still look at links. They still look at relevancy. So basically, those how much how much they trust you, isn't it? There's all these trust signals that, that Google want to uh, sort of accredit you with, and then go, actually, you're, you're trustworthy enough. We think you're good enough, and this is fresh enough content. We think it's up to date. We're going to put you in that place. Yeah, it's like Wikipedia. Like how much they trust Wikipedia when you know that it's not all <laughs> verified and sourced. Um, they trust Wikipedia. You know, they're always sort of have this, uh, I think it's a love hate relationship with Wikipedia because yeah. Wikipedia can be the best spot for them to get the information that they need, but they don't always know if it's trustworthy. And so they, they do sort of trust the internet, um, until some, until some site kind of screws up and then they, you know, they get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia is a great example. For example, I'm, I'm quite tempted to go and change Rob's name on Wikipedia to Rob Sausages. And then that would, <laughs> that would pop up in the Google search results. And that would be a great day's work. Mate, I'm not even important enough to be on Wikipedia. You're not on Wikipedia. I could not be asked. To I'm on Wikipedia, Wikipedia but I'm a dead president. <laughs> it's a different, <laughs> different thing. Um, so one of the things here, so, I, so I'm quite like entry level when it comes to SEO and I make no secret of that. But one of the things that I've heard a lot is that blog posts, for example, will sometimes sort of work together in supporting you to getting more and more and more pieces of content to the top of the search results. How does that work in terms of your, uh, in terms of getting this rich card? Is it just have a blog post that answers the question well, that does all the stuff we've talked about, has the structured data and that's going to get there? Or actually is this about, you know, if we write five blog posts that all sort of secretly support each other, we can use that to get them all to the top. Is there any kind of room for working together with different bits of content or is this really, I'm going to write this one blog post, I'm going to do it the way I need to do it and that's going to get to the top by itself. So blog, blog posts definitely do help each other. Um, and once you establish that you're a knowledgeable, you know, marketer, for example, that content will help uh, one another. One, it's going to grow the overall site's domain authority by having people link to it. But the more content you have and the more of an authority you become on any given topic, the more they're going to care about showing you in their search results and actually giving you credit. Um, they do help one another. I think uh, the the bet you know one interesting strategy is to look for whether people are asking questions or not. So a question, there's actually Q and A markup. There's structured data built for Q and A, which gets recently. Yes. Yeah, you see like the five questions in a box, and you can click on them and they expand. Um, and then there's blog post markup. So there's actually, you know, for each blog post, you can tell them this is a blog and this is what it's about and here's who wrote it and when. 
Um, so they're just different and they they serve different purposes within their algorithm. We find that the Q and A actually works really well. So we've captured, you know, our and customers have captured a lot of search traffic by leveraging that Q and A markup, which is when you do your keyword research and you start to see, you know, what people are actually searching for, you'll get a sense, are people asking questions? Are they just, you know, typing in keywords? Right. And that can sort of help you figure out what type of, of content to be writing. It also helps with that whole intent bit that Google's obsessed with as well. Like, where are they on that buyer journey? What's the intent? Are they looking for options of things to purchase? Are they looking, are they, do, are they in research phase? So you can like structure your content in that way as well, I assume? Yeah, absolutely. You do want to think of the intent. Um, that's really what they're trying to capture is, is this person ready to buy? Are they just doing their research? And then your content needs to sort of match whatever phase of the buying cycle that the, the person's in. Suddenly, I'm really excited because this seems like a massive opportunity, especially when you realize that this structured data as a concept, mm. it goes above, like we focus mostly on this rich card thing today. But actually, when you suddenly look at the FAQs and you look at all the other stuff, there's a lot more room there for you to get somewhere to the top of Google. There's a lot more space. Very cool. Now, we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings here, Jeff, to play our game of the episode. Now, here's Hurrah! how it works. It's very simple. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now. You're welcome. And he's going to sing the song in the style of a traditional oh, British pub singer. Geez. And that means that the lyrics and the tune and everything about it will be hard to understand. <laughs> Your job, Jeff, and of course, dear listeners at home, is simply at the end of the song, and you won't sing the whole thing. No. At the end of the song, guess what song Kennedy is singing. So I've just picked it at the beginning of the episode. I've just put the lyrics on the screen. So this is the first time Kennedy is seeing it. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I didn't even, I think like most people, I don't think I knew most of the lyrics to this. Did you know that's what it said at that point? No, no, but I know the tune. And you, you, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. So, are you ready? Mm. Mm. Right, Jeff, are you ready? Strap yourself in. Strap yourself in. Off you. Hang on, I need to do my life. I need to compose myself because this is horrendous. Right, here we go. <clears throat> hey, bitch, you beat me. And let me just see. And let me just feel some bitch, a bitch. Beat me. I'm shit, bitch, you shitty. Have a round of applause. I'll have a little. Yeah. There you go. Have a round of applause. Crowd goes mild. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, any idea at all? Uh, was that was that in English? Yeah. Uh, well, it was in pub singer. It was in pub singer, no. which is basically uh, uh, drunk English. I have, no, I have no idea, and I was I was going to try to get you by um, showing how well Google works, but I couldn't even pick out those words. So <laughs> that was, in fact, the Kings of Leon. Sex on fire. Yes, it was sex on fire. Oh. Kings of Leon. Obviously, I mean, come on. Promise. We promise it was. <laughs> That stuff. Okay, so as a takeaway for this episode, before we get into the quick fire round, if we're going to go and take advantage of this new-ish bit of Google, what is our first action we should go and take right now today to make this have an effect for us and our businesses? I would probably read, so Google has a bunch of documentation on structured data. You can just search for, you know, Google structured data markup, and they'll have a bunch of documentation. It's so much better than really any other source because they actually show the business value of doing this, which I think most of the structured data resources don't actually tie that in. So when you read it, um, just within their own documentation, you'll start getting a sense of the opportunities that are out there and how you go about doing it. So that's probably where I'd point people to start. Okay, that's I'm really literally going to take a look at this this evening. <laughs> you are such a nerd. I love it. I love it. All right, we're loving it. We're now going to jump over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? 
sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. Tell us, what's a book you'd recommend? So I really like the sales acceleration formula. Have you guys heard of that book? I Actually, that's new it. on me, that one. Yeah, yeah, so it's a new, relatively new one for me. I think I, was, I read it about a year ago. And it's by the chief revenue officer of HubSpot. And um, I'm actually not a big HubSpot fan. But when you read about how he went about sort of growing that business, um, it's just super impressive. And I learned a ton. So we have everybody on our team uh, read this book. And I think it'd be you know a good one for listeners. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be amazing for us. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us one of your top success habits? So something that you do really regularly? Um, I'm a list taker. So I, I always sort of have a notepad open that's full of, you know, and then it just gets too full and I flip to the next page, but <laughs> sort of old school. Um, but I do use just writing down lists and sort of having a notepad near me mm-hmm. almost all the time I find is really helpful because just things in the work environment now happen so fast that you can have an idea and lose it so quickly that I think it's super important to be able to take those things down and not forget them. Kennedy does that, don't you? I do that as well. I think we should have a conversation separately about how you then action those notes because I've got loads of notes, but then remembering to action everything, that's the next piece of that beautiful puzzle, <laughs> isn't it? Because I've got loads of ideas, but just no time to do it. Anyway, um, apart from that, which entrepreneur or marketer is it that you look up to? Well, I, I actually look up quite a bit to this chief revenue officer having read his book. Um, but I also think Mark Benioff, you know, is, is quite a genius in the SaaS. So we're in the SaaS space and, sure. and just to see what he's done and what he continues to do is pretty oh, incredible. Incredible. Love it. What are your favorite apps that you really rely on and you think that everybody listening should know about? Uh, well, we use Slack a ton, um, which probably isn't a very unique answer to your question. But we use that a lot. And then just in my normal uh, everyday life, I love to use Shazam because you, just like great, great ideas, when you hear great music, yeah. it can come and go so quickly. Are you on a podcast and the host is singing beautifully? You I'm can fairly just Shazam. sure Shazam wouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should, try, I should have tried that. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first, I can tell you that. Okay, that's your favorite app. All right. Um, so big important question for us, which is who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? Oh, I got to go with red-haired Rob. There we go. What's wrong with you? <laughs> There's no reason why I'd like her to not like on. Put or less yet. Before <laughs> he changes his mind. Finally, where can people go to find out more about you and everything that you're doing? So just huckabye.com is a great place to go. Um, I've been on a, a few podcasts lately and I've just made a promise that anybody that wants to get in touch with us directly, just to fill out the, the uh, contact us form and say that you heard about us through the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I'll actually make sure that I connect personally with whoever reaches out. So it's been a great yeah. way to, to meet people and learn, you know, about different businesses and, and if we can help them or not. And, uh, you know, even if you just want to talk SEO, um, you're welcome to reach out. That sounds absolutely Lovely. awesome. Dude, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for joining us. That's such a new area of SEO for us. So um, I'm sure it is for many listeners as well who've seen that stuff popping up around the internet and to get some insight into how that works, but not only that, how we can make it happen. So that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kennedy. Appreciate you guys having me. Now I get it. Now I understand how people are appearing at the very top of the Google search with the answers right in Google. I literally thought Google was doing something to look at websites and figure that out rather than the actual content being built in order to get into that into top Into that star. bit. 
that was, I mean, I didn't think that was a thing that I was going to be, that was going to be possible for me and my business. That felt like a really big business thing. Like that's the place where you put in like the name of your flight and the flight details come up. And and I think, is is that Google doing it? I don't know. Maybe it's the flight company's doing it. I don't know. But that's the place where you can be appearing. I think that's incredible. So, so cool. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't worry. We have put all of the show notes together so you can go and check them out in detail. You'll find them over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero nine nine. Woohoo! Awesome. And if you would like to come and check out the other podcast we do every single week, the email marketing show where Rob and I chat about email marketing and how to use email specifically to grow your business in the modern world without being all creepy and spammy, then do go check that out as well. That's it this week. We'll see you next week. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.